All you have, I gave you. You would do well to remember that, bastard. Alright guys, so this week I'm going to go ahead and talk about a list that I've put together. Um, this is actually my personal 40 point list that I've been playing for quite a bit lately. I've been enjoying it. Uh, needless to say, I go through quite a number of lists, but this one has a bit of a special place in my heart because it kind of does a lot of the things that I like personally doing in the game, and that's just kind of messing with my opponent. I did theme this one out a bit here, though. Um, every unit in the entire army, save the Lannister Guardsman unit, has Vicious. Uh, but we're going to get into that when we talk about the specifics. So the overall theme of this army is a Lannister army led by Ramsay Snow, a.k.a. the Bastard of Bolton. So the uh, whole thing on this one is everything is going to be revolving around panic tests for the enemy, specifically through combat effects and Vicious. So there's two primary differences uh, between running Roos and Ramsey as your commander. Ramsey is going to be much more of a combat-focused uh, and aggressive list, whereas Roos has much more control aspects uh, to how he plays. Uh, I actually really do like the the Roos style of play as well. If you take a Lannister list and combine him with uh, Tyrion, you can get some really nice control aspects. But you know what? That's a list for another day, and actually one I think I've talked about before. You know, it all kind of runs together after a while. So today's focus, we are going to be talking about this uh, Ramsey Snow Lannister list here. And we're going to get right into it. Uh, as you can see, the link in the description below, this is made using the Song of Ice and Fire on Official Army Builder, so I'm not going to bother putting up any cards because you guys can go there and just follow along by hovering over all the little uh, eye icons there, which makes my job a lot easier because I don't have to compile PDFs for all of these. So, hey, good on that. Also a fantastic tool for making army lists and just doing those things in general. Alright, so let's get right down to it. The first unit that we have in the army is a Lannister Guardsman unit led by Ramsay Snow himself with our optional attachment of Theon Greyjoy, a.k.a. Reek. Uh, so the reason that this is in the list is because for one, the Lannister Guardsman is perhaps one of my favorite units in the game just from uh, a gameplay perspective. Uh, a lot of players are going to have issues dealing with them because they're just going to slam into them and keep hitting their heads against that brick wall where they're going to keep getting triggered on Lannister Supremacy. Uh, when you have Ramsey in the unit here, you're going to get the Flay Them All order, which is when an enemy engages this unit fails a panic test, another enemy within long range must make a panic test. Well, since you're going to be triggering panic tests every time you attack and also via Lannister Supremacy, you have all the more options to get this to actually go off. So I like sticking that there. Uh, one of the things that you'll get when you take Ramsey is you're also going to get Reek with him as well. Um, and he has the ability to, whenever the unit activates, you'll roll a die and put out a uh, panic token. And, sorry, potentially kill Theon when you do so. Uh, you know, it happens. The reason I've stuck him in the Guardsman unit, aside from the aforementioned reason, is because the Guardsmen do have the best defense save of any cheap unit in the game. And whereas keeping Ramsey specifically protected is actually not super important because a lot of his tactics cards trigger off of House Bolton instead of necessarily himself, I still like having them in there because this is just a good objective holder. And for a lot of the uh, the game modes that you're going to be playing, you know, holding objectives is going to be key. That's something that a lot of people, I think, in the early stages of the game's life cycle are going to need to really learn, uh, really learn really fast is that you need to play to objectives, okay? There's always going to be scarier units out there that you're going to have trouble dealing with, you know, uh, flayed men or, you know, some other big expensive guys, but 
Honestly, you don't have to kill the opponent's army. You just need to get the victory points, and that's how you win. So, you know, it doesn't matter if they've got, you know, like 10 units of Flademan left at the end of the game if they've lost on victory points. Also, I'd question why you guys are playing 100 points and using nothing but 10 units of Flademan, but hey, yeah, that's on you. Uh, anyway, so that unit right there forms kind of the core of my list. In addition to that, I'm running two vanilla units of Bolton Cutthroats. This is because Ramsey Snow's cards trigger off of House Bolton, and these guys here are just cheap throwaway guys. I mean, they do everything I want in a cheap damage-dealing unit. They give me Vicious, which I talked about was the main theme for the army. They've got a good number of attack dice They hit on a 3+. The only issue with these guys is that they're absolutely garbage at survivability. They've got a 5-plus defense save and a 7-plus morale score. Uh, this is mitigated somewhat by, again, you playing House Lannister versus playing a generic neutral faction. Whereas the neutral faction does have a decent amount of effects that can help keep these guys up, and an emphasis on the wealth zone, uh, which is going to help healing. Lannisters have a lot of defensive capabilities. They are the most defensive faction out there right now. So you've got cards like Wealth of the Rock, which is going to give you plus one to your defense saves, give you some auto hits to block. You've got Fealty to the Crown, which can help you restore units. Basically, Lannisters are going to have this theme of restoration and defense, which is going to be sorely lacking in a lot of your... Um, Bolton units, so I like putting that in there to help mitigate that some. With the Bolton Cutthroats, uh, it becomes an activation game, because they do have the effect on their spiked mace, where if they target an enemy that hasn't activated, that enemy becomes vulnerable. So you're, going, you're throwing out Vicious, you've got Vulnerable, and that's going to help you take down some of those heavily armored threats out there. So if you're playing like a Lannister mirror match, and they're running a bunch of guardsmen, or you're up against some like Tully Sworn Shields or something like that, these guys have methods of dealing with them. Uh, funny enough, uh, and I know I keep coming back to this, but Flayed Men at 10 points right now. Uh, that seems to be a lot of the talk, you know, on the uh, the forums of, oh my god, how do I deal with these guys? And, you know, ignoring the fact that they are 10 points, a.k.a. I can buy two units of Bolton Cutthroats for that same cost. Bolton Cutthroats actually cut those guys up pretty badly, because you're going to make them vulnerable to negate that 2-plus armor. But more importantly, you're going to start hitting their morale. And frankly, when it comes to big, heavily armored units like that, that's how you're going to want to start dealing them damage, is you're going to want to start hitting their morale. And Vicious is going to really help you uh, get through that. When you combine that with effects such as our blades are sharp, so you're going to get plus one to hit and plus two dice, uh, that means these guys are going to be throwing out ten dice, hitting on a two plus. Uh, and yeah, they double down the vulnerable, but hey, you don't really need that. Uh, that's actually another aspect of this list that I kind of glossed over a bit, is that when you combine some of Ramsey's cards with this list, most everything is going to be hitting on a two plus. And that's something else I really like, because again, uh, as I said, this is a very combat-focused list, and I really wanted to hammer that fact home here. So, uh, those are two units of Vanilla Bolton Cutthroats thrown in there. Again, if they die, I don't really care, but they're cheap, they're damage-dealing, and they're usually going to get their points back if you're smart about it. Next unit we have is a unit of Lannister Halberdiers with Sandor Clegane the Hound. He is one of my favorite guys to stick in this unit because he's going to give them plus one to hit and vicious, which, again, we're talking themes. And yeah, you're going to suffer D3 wounds after you make the attack, but the thing about the Halberdiers is that they only lose attacks when they drop down to the last rank. Now, granted, it is a very nasty cutoff when that does happen, but, hey, you can mitigate that and just heal them back up. I mean, in, if they're down to the last rank, they're probably going to get wiped out, but if you manage to heal them right back up, then, boom, the unit is right back to full fighting capacity and becomes a major threat. When you throw Sandor in there, then you're going to get, you know, seven dice hitting on threes with Sundering and Vicious, which is just a nasty combination. going to help you punch through all that armor, or if your opponent has a uh, okay or even bad morale value, then this is just going to cause a lot of damage as well. One of the things about this list is that you've got ways to mitigate pretty much every problem you're going to come across, 
and the adaptability of this list is something I really enjoy about it. Uh, I'm one of those players that when I make a list, I like to really focus on one aspect. Like if I'm going to make a charge list, it's going to be just the most damning charge list that's going to punish you. Or I like to make something that's very well-rounded. Uh, and this is a list to me that actually kind of encompasses uh, both of those aspects. I get to play aggressive like I like to, but I also have means of dealing with problems. Uh, I always like having a backup plan, and this list gives me that exact option here. So with the Halberdiers, we have another unit that can take objectives, just like the Lancer Guardsmen. But this is the thing about Halberdiers that a lot of people tend to overlook. These guys have seven attacks and sundering, okay? They're a really good offensive unit as well. When you combine that with the Hound, then they've got Sundering and Vicious, and they don't lose attack dice until again, you nearly wipe them out. So in this case, they become a really good aggressive unit as well. This is probably the best jack-of-all-trades unit that's in the entire army. They can sit there and camp on objective if I need to, depending on the game mode, and they can absolutely just devastate someone when they go in and attack them. I mean, if these guys actually get the flank off of someone, they're probably going to wipe out that unit. Well, uh, the dice actually are not going to allow them to really wipe out the unit, but they're going to cripple it down to the point where it's not a threat. So I like having these guys a lot. Uh, next we come to the heaviest hitting unit that's in this list, and that's going to be the House Clegane Mountainsmen with Roos Bolton. So Roos Bolton is in there because he is going to, one, give them the House Bolton affiliation, and these guys are going to be in the thick of melee, so I really love to double down on that. He's going to give them Prey on Fear, though, which is going to be when an uh, enemy unit fails a panic test, they can restore up to two wounds. So the thing about Roos here is that he's actually good going into this unit. He's also good at going into the Halbadir unit. But as I said, I wanted every unit in this army to have Vicious, and the Mountainsmen have it built in. In addition to that, he's going to give them Ferocious Assault, so whenever they charge, which the Mountainmen want to do, uh, the enemy unit's going to become Panicked, which is going to uh, combo up very nicely with that Vicious to help maximize the wounds, triggering Prey on Fear, uh, thus allowing you to heal them up if you need to. Otherwise, the House Clegane Mountainsmen, I mean, they're just damage dealers. There's nothing really flashy about them. Critical Blow and Vicious, that's what they do. All right, now let's uh, move on to the NCUs, which uh, are going to be actually one of the more important aspects of the list. I mean, hell, they're important aspects of any list. But let's explain the reason why I've chosen the two I have. First off, we have Tywin Lannister, the Great Lion. So the thing about this guy is that he has a very high learning curve because I've seen a lot of players that just waste his effect entirely and congrats, you've wasted a four-point investment in CU. Now, okay, NCUs are a great investment regardless, but his ability is once per game. But man is a powerful once per game ability because it makes them panicked, vulnerable, weakened, and any attachments they have uh, just completely get shut off. So this is going to help you deal with um, guys such as Jamie Lannister, who if you're worried about going in with his um, counterattack, if you need to get a charge off, he can shut down Rob Stark as well. Uh, he can shut down some of the more problematic or costly attachments because if you have like a two or three cost attachment and all of a sudden now they lose all those effects, that's a huge blow to the enemy. So for example, if they've got like a Mage Mormont who, you know, sitting there giving your unit stalwart and, you know, making them deal additional wounds every time they pass a panic test, well, you can shut that down for a round, plus the added benefit of, you know, putting three staff specs on units. Um, so the reason I have him here is because he's kind of my ace in the hole when I need to just shut down a unit for a game round. Because giving them all three condition tokens, that means I can take the offense when they're vulnerable and panicked. I can hit them on the defense by shutting off their attachment abilities and making them weakened. Uh, the thing I will again keep stressing about the Tywin is that you're going to really need to have a good feel for enemy units and just what everything is capable of. Otherwise, you can really waste his effect, and no one likes doing that. The next NCU I have in this list is Lord Varus. Varus kind of completes the whole trifecta of that earlier comment I made about being able to handle any problems that I don't want to deal with. 
and that's via his little bird's ability, which is he starts with order tokens. When enemy NCU claims his own tactics board, you can roll a die and either cancel the NCU's uh, effect or cancel the effect of the claim zone. Now it's only on three plus, so you know you might start burning tokens here, and you can only do a limited uh, a limited amount of times per game. But this is another one of those things that handles problems that I just don't really want to deal with. Uh, so, for example, let's say you have Caitlyn who wants to go and influence a unit of Berserkers. Well, he can shut that off so they're rolling at least somewhat smaller amount of dice. Say you're playing the mirror match and you've got Cersei who, you know, is going to start influencing your guys to give them minus two to uh, panic tests. Well, she can, uh, sorry, Varus here can just turn that ability off as well. Uh, yeah, it's just, he's really good at solving problems and he's very adaptive in doing so. But again, another one of those things that you really need to pay attention to when you're using these effects because you can't just throw them out, you know, whenever you care to. Four tokens might seem like a lot, but I promise you it's not. Uh, unless, you know, your dice are on fire and you cancel them out just constantly. You know, I usually plan to, you know, keep a backup token on there just in case I need to reroll. I mean, a 3 plus reroll is pretty good odds. Uh, but, you know, you, you really need to pay attention to okay, is this effect really worth canceling, or is this something that I can kind of deal with? And, you know, a lot of people are going to jump on and go, like, the first opportunity that they see you in danger, they're going to want to use this. And, you know, sometimes you got to sacrifice, guys. And that's the thing to remember when you're playing any list, but especially this one here. You, uh, you need to be willing to make sacrifices when necessary. So past that, let's take a moment to look at Ramsey's specific tactics cards, and we'll go over those and how I like to play them. Uh, one of his mainstay ones here is our blades are sharp uh, when a friendly unit makes a melee attack. If targeting a panicked enemy, this attack gains plus one to hit and rolls plus two dice. If it's a House Bolton unit, the defender also becomes vulnerable. This is going to be your primary offensive card, and keep in note that you have two of these in the deck, and only two, so you know, uh, keep them for when you need them. But this is basically going to make your unit just do this big turbocharged attack uh, because you are going to be throwing out panicked uh, with a lot of effects uh, in this list. Well, I'm sorry. Actually, let me rephrase that. You should be panicking enemies as much as you can. You've got Roos Bolton on the charge that can do it. You've got Ramsey Snow and Theon that can do it. And then you also have the other car uh, tactics card that Ramsey has, which is Sadistic Games, which also has that effect on there, which we'll talk about, uh, well, actually right now, because we'll talk about it in tandem. So Sadistic Game says at the start of a friendly turn, your opponent chooses one of the following effects, and then you get to do that, whichever effect that is. The first one is pick up the two enemy combat units and they become panicked, and the second one is one enemy combat unit suffers D3 plus two automatic hits. And frankly, this is one of those cards where I feel that so many people just pick the first effect because they're like, oh, they become panicked, they get panic token. That's fine. Versus this ungodly fear that up to five hits are going to wipe their unit. And frankly, I just I just don't get it. Um, no, granted, neither of those effects is nice. But there's a fear in people of taking D3 plus 2 automatic hits on a unit that for some reason just makes them want to pick that first effect time and time again. And frankly, that's that's a mistake. Uh, you know, sometimes just let them take the hits. I mean, you know, if you've got decent armor, you can block a, a bit of those. But having two units become panicked, especially in combination with everything else that's in this list and seeing as how everything causes vicious, that's not a good thing to do. I mean, this is supposed to be a bad choice for your opponent, and it is. But, um, I don't know, I'd say probably about 75% of the time plus, people choose the panicked effect, and it comes back to deal way more damage in the long run than the, uh, this, the D3 plus 2 automatic hits. Uh, not to say, you know, again, one is more powerful than the other, it depends on the situation, but... 
you know, just as the opponent, think about what you're doing and the list that you're playing against. Anyway, this combines, as I said, with our blades are sharp because so many people seem to just want to give you panic tokens. So since you're doing that, you're going to gain plus two dice, plus one to hit, and the enemy is going to become vulnerable if it's a House Bolton unit, which luckily in this list, uh, four of your five units here are House Bolton. Uh, the only one that's not is your Halberdiers. Okay, whatever. Uh, which frankly, if <laughs> if you play our Blades are Sharp on the Halberdier unit, since they have the Hound in there, they can also hit on a two plus rolling nine dice. Yeah, you're not going to get the vulnerable part of that, but they have Sundering, so that's kind of mitigated as well. This card is just universally good across all of your units. And, you know, it's, it's again, that power play card when you really need to make something dead. Alright, the last card that Ramsey has is one that actually, if you uh, looked on my latest battle report that I posted up, cost me the game because I was dumb about playing it. And so let's talk about it. Cruel Methods. At the start of the round, one friendly unit may make a free attack action. If it does not destroy an enemy, it must make a panic test and suffers minus three to its roll. If you're targeting House Bolton unit, it may use its highest attack die value and reroll any misses. Alright, so this sounds really good. I get a free attack action, start of the round before anything can do anything, and you know, because it's a House Bolton unit, which again, the majority of the army is here, then I get to use all my dice and reroll. Ha! I'll just play this. And then you end up not killing something, and with your guys' absolutely horrendous morale value, they end up losing more guys than you actually uh, killed. Yeah. Depending on the game mode, this can be a real deal breaker. I did it with Feast for Crows, which is the, the worst game mode to have done this with, because, uh, you know, that's the one where as your guys start failing morale tests, they're going to start accruing victory points on them and thus become more prime targets for your opponent. Uh, that was, again, a bad play by my part. I ended up handing five victory points from a single unit of cutthroats to my opponent while dealing the majority of the damage to them myself. Situationally, though, this card is really powerful and can really be a game changer because it's going to allow you to get the free attacking on something. I would say that probably the best time to play this card, like, okay, your, your unicorn scenario here um, is a unit has the last unit in the round to activate. It attacks, it deals damage, and you're going first next round. So, start of the round, your unit attacks again and hopefully wipes them out. But if it doesn't, then that panic test is a little mitigated, but you can just reactivate them again and potentially get three attacks in a row on a single unit. That's your, your kind of unicorn scenario here, and by that I mean, you know, you're one in a th million, you know, this might work out for you in that time, but please don't count on it uh, scenario. So, that's something that can potentially happen. But again, this is a risk versus reward mechanic here you know, sometimes sacrifices have to be made. So that's really what this card comes up to. Again, I keep hammering this fact in, and, you know, it sounds like I'm kind of repeating myself a lot of, across a lot of these podcasts here. Um, but you really need to adapt your strategy to the game mode, to the current thing that's happening on the battlefield, and play from there. If you try to go into a game with a set strategy for every single time, then you're going to start losing games, and you're not going to be able to figure out why. You're going to be like, man, you know... I tried the same thing and it didn't work this time either. What am I doing wrong? Well, that's your problem. Like any good battlefield general, you have to adapt to what is going on in the battlefield and change your tactics accordingly. And also, you know, know when to use your resources. While I'm usually pretty liberal with my use of tactics cards, and I actually encourage that as well with players, like don't necessarily hang on to them all the time. You do need to be smart when you're playing them. Uh, just because, you know, 
you're not going to gain the maximum amount of benefit, like say you don't have the correct zone of the tactics board or the situation is not exactly prime, that's not an excuse to not play the card. You just have to again weigh, is it worth it at this time? Or is the effect of uh, holding on to it really going to be that much uh, more beneficial? Uh, so, okay, let's talk about weaknesses that this list has. Well, the major weakness that this list has is that it is absolutely horrendous in the morale department. Uh, if you're facing a mirror match against Lannisters, who also have a bunch of you know morale-based effects, you're going to have a bad time, but so are they. In that case, it's really just going to become this kind of, uh, let's quote good old JR from WWF Wrestling, a good old-fashioned slobber knocker. Uh, and hopefully you're going to come out on top because, again, you have an aggressive focus with this list and you got Vicious to help back you up as well. Uh, and that's going to you know, hammer Lannister morale. With Starks, it's going to bring it to about average because they, they, they sit on a 6. So with Vicious, you're going to be hitting them down to an 8, which is slightly below average on the dice roll. You might cause a couple extra wounds. But you're hopefully going to be able to meet them with combat potential and combine that with your panic effects to just... Uh, kind of win that fight. The Starks are going to be, in general, better combat uh, than you are. So that's going to be a problem. So you're going to want to have to combine your slightly worse combat capabilities with your better morale uh, tinkering to make that happen. This is, again, one of the reasons why I like having Varus and Tywin, because they help mitigate those problems that would come across in some of those weaknesses. Uh, so let's talk about alternative options in this list here, because I know the first thing a lot of people are going to be saying is, you're playing a panic-heavy list, but there's no Cersei. And sure, that's exactly right. Cersei, I think, is a very good beginner choice for a lot of uh, players, because, again, it's straight up just minus two to morale tests. Or, sorry, panic tests. Um, but the thing is, is that you have to activate her. You have to influence a unit on there, so your opponent can kind of see where it's coming. And let's say, you know, you claim the combat zone and immediately influence the unit, and then you get that attack in. Okay, sure, yeah, I'm hitting you, and with Vicious, I'm going to potentially be giving you a minus four to your morale test, uh, which is going to do a lot of damage for that attack, but that's really it. I mean, unless I'm really, really going to hurt that unit with that specific attack, that's what I've gained from Cersei that round. And if I've taken out the unit, then, okay, good, I've killed a unit, but that's, again, all Cersei is doing that round. With Tywin, I've got the flexibility to activate him whenever I need to and really hurt a unit. With Varus, I've got a means of controlling the non-combat uh, characters and tactic zones from my opponent. Those to me are going to give me much, much more flexibility versus kind of stacking an effect that's already really present in this list for just some potential extra damage. I'm just, I don't, I'm not getting as much benefit out of uh, Cersei here in this list that I feel I'm with the other two. I'm really just kind of stacking down okay, I'm already good at this, now I'm just slightly better at it, but I'm also kind of showing my hand and revealing where I'm going to be, uh, where I'm going to be going. Uh, if you want, you can switch out, jeez, uh, Tywin or Varus for Cersei. Um, I would probably switch out to Tywin before I switch out Varus, but frankly, that's, it's a tough choice. I, I wouldn't personally do it in the first place. But if you're one of those people that really wanted to, you know, take your pick and whichever one just matches your style better. Uh, alternatively in this list as well, uh, Peter Baelish is another option to look into. Just because you can, you know, do the standard uh, tactics uh, zone manipulations here. But 
frankly, again, I just don't feel in this list that he's a better choice than Tywin and Varys. Uh, the only other one, Pycelle is not bad because he's going to give Weekend, which is going to help you guys survive a bit more, but frankly, I want to focus offense on this list. I don't really want to focus too much on survivability, so Pycelle handing out Weekend, eh, not really for me. Last one would be Tyrion, who frankly is going to give me an element of control and additional tactics cards. Uh, out of all the other NCUs that are in the uh, Lannister roster, he would probably be the one that I would consider putting in the list before anyone else. Uh, I feel that I could probably take him and replace Tywin with him, and that way I'm going to have some control elements on the opponent's tactics cards and their non-combat characters, so I really like that aspect of it as well. Uh, Varus, I could replace with Tyrion as well, and then I would have, you know, Tywin for battlefield control and then Tyrion for tactics card control and the added benefit of giving me additional tactics cards. Um... Which, that's another like tough choice. That's going to come down to your individual playstyle. I want to go with a little bit more of a control element with this list because I feel my combat units really have enough offense kind of put on them. Uh, so, therefore, you know, Tyrion, I think, is going to be fine. Now, Tyrion, as an NCU, I actually really like pairing him up with the Roos NCU because that's going to give you just an insane level of tactics cards manipulation uh, with Roos's tactics cards of making your opponent discard cards in their hands, and then Tyrion being able to just straight up go, show me your hands, and I'm going to discard some cards from it. Uh, well, more or less. I mean, there's a little more to it than that. But still, that's another list for another day. That's another element of control. So that's what we have going off this list right here. And this is the list at 40 points. If I was going to move this list to 50 points, exactly what changes would I make? Uh, well, there's two options about it. Well, there's more than two options, but these are the ones I would personally do. One thing that the list is lacking right now is some ranged elements, and I feel incorporating those into lists, at least a one unit or two, is a very good addition. It's not mandatory, but I do feel it helps a lot of problems. Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind on this is an unreleased unit that we have showcased on the Kickstarter, and that was the Pyromancers. Uh, because I really like them in here because they're going to carry that whole vicious motif and they're also just going to straight up bypass enemy defense. So if I'm facing something like Flayed Men, uh, Tully Sworn Shields, something that's relying on their defense to stay alive, these guys will make short work of them. And that's giving me another element of control that I really like as well. With those three remaining points uh, from the Pyromancers, I would actually use those to deck out the two Bolton Cutthroat units and give them probably a Dreadfort Captain in each of those. And the Pyromancers, I would actually stick a Guard Captain in with them because their defense stats are absolutely garbage, and I need, and especially their morale, and I need them to not die immediately. Uh, and actually, another funny <laughs> combination that you can do with the Pyromancers is you can stick an Assault Veteran in with them. Uh, a lot of people don't consider that because they don't look at that unit and go, oh, melee, I should be charging. But the thing about the Assault Veteran is that he's going to give them plus one to hit and rolling plus two dice in melee specifically. So that's going to bring their attacks up to potentially eight dice hitting on twos that straight up ignore armor saves. So that's actually a bit of a funny thing to throw in there. You can also throw a Dreadfort Captain in with them as well, um, which is going to help you get more panic out there as well. But these guys really don't want to be in melee if they can handle it. So therefore, you know, maybe just keep them arranged. Another thing to consider throwing in them as well is actually Brawn. Brawn is a fantastic choice to throw in a Pyromancers because if you control the wealth icon, which... Uh, you're going to with Lannisters mo uh, more than likely. They're getting a plus two attack dice, so better ranged attack, and plus two to your morale test, which, hey, it's not great, but it's going to bring them down to a five plus, which is going to at least make them not terrible. Uh, alternatively as well, 
uh, aside from spending those three points spreading across attachments, you could technically take one of the more expensive ones in the list here. You could take like a Tyrion Lannister, the Giant of Lannister, uh, and stick him in a unit of Bolton Cutthroats. If you do that, then you're going to gain some additional be uh, benefits in some control aspects for the list. Namely, adaptive planning. Uh, when you expend a condition token, you can treat it as any other condition token. And since the Bolton Cutthroats are throwing up Vulnerable, you could potentially switch out the Vulnerable token for a Panic token if you need to, or just leave it on them and you know have them be weakened when they come in for the counterattack, thus giving you more survivability on your Cutthroats. In addition, he's also got a Counter Strategy, which is going to be used for Tactics Cards Prevention and Order Prevention as well on the unit, so that's another thing to consider. Uh, alternatively, instead of the Pyromancers, because they are not released yet, you can just take the easy option and throw in a unit of Flayed Men. Uh, 10 points brings you up to 50 points immediately. Um, the only issue there... Uh, ooh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just lied to you guys. You can't do that because that's going to bring your threshold to 27 points of neutral uh, points in your 50-point list. So if you do that, you're going to have to take uh, Roos Bolton out of the list and stick in some other stuff. And that's going to change things up a little too much for my take. So we're going to nix the Flaidman idea right there. We're actually going to stick in a unit of Knights of Casterly Rock. Uh, give you a nice little cavalry attachment, uh, sorry, cavalry unit right there to mitigate some of your speed. And then you still have two points left over to deck out those Bolton Cutthroat units. Uh, that's another option right there. If you don't want to run the cavalry thing, another thing you can do as well is you can stick a unit of Lannister crossbowmen in there at six points. And that's going to give you that ranged element that we talked about earlier. And it's going to help you, um, you know, give you some additional threats there. Now, if you do that, you're going to gain some uh, neat options here that you can look at. Uh, you've got four points left over. So first thing you could do, theoretically, if you wanted, is you can take Sandor out of the unit of Halberdiers, and that's going to free up six points for you, which you can then use to add in another, another unit of Halberdiers, another unit of Crossbowmen. You know, you've got some additional options there for what you might want to throw in there. Uh, something else you can do is you can just take those four points and then you have you know four points worth of cool attachments that you can stick into those Bolton Cutthroat units. So you can stick you know um, just some more expensive guys in there. Uh, you can put Brienne in there if you want a unit that's going to go and hunt down some guys. You can stick some you can stick Tyrion in one unit and a uh, Dreadfort Captain in the other. Theoretically you could stick in uh, Gregor Clegane, Lord Tywin's Mad Dog. That's an option if you really want to kill a unit. Uh, hey, that depends on how aggressive you want to go. It's not a bad option. Um, not the one I would play, because again, I want more of that control aspect there. But hey, it's something that you can do. Uh, the other thing that you can do as well is you can take a fully decked out unit of House Bolton Bastards Girls. Uh, they clock in at 7 points. And by doing that, you could also... Well, unfortunately, uh, again, because of the... Because of your limitation, you only have one point left of neutral guys that you can actually take. So while I would uh, have thought about putting Braun in that unit, that's going to bring you one point over your threshold there. And that's just not going to work. But I will tell you something here that's actually really fun with the Bastards Girls, is you take them and you put in a Champion of the Faith. The Champion of the Faith has the order Stand Resolute, which is when the unit passes a morale test, which is they pass on a 5+, plus because they're just a bunch of dogs, all enemies engaged them become vulnerable. So that's going to help them you know, survive on the counterattack, Oh, sorry, survive, yeah, survive on the enemy counterattack and then really hit them hard on the next attack. That's going to leave you two points up as well to throw some attachments into the Bolton Cutthroats, which I keep going back to, but hey, that's you know flavor to your, uh, your preference there. 
So those are some options for bringing the list up to 50 points. In addition to that, you could just technically take those 10 points, throw in two more units of, oh, sorry, one more unit of Bolton Cutthroats and another unit of Lannister Guards. Um, you know, again, you've got tons of options there to expand this up to 50 points as well. If you want to keep that theme of Vicious, then definitely another unit of Cutthroats and another unit of Lannister Guardsmen. I'd probably go with that. That's fine. Or another option is if you want to run three NCUs, you could also throw someone else in there. Uh, I've got some playtesters and some of our developers. They really like running three NCUs at 50 points. It's definitely a, a decent strategy. Uh, frankly, my sweet spot is two. But if you're one of those people that really likes that additional tactics board control, then by all means you can stick in a third NCU here. And again, probably when I was looking here, my options would be either Tyrion or Cersei. Again, I would probably add in Tyrion because I feel that once you get to 50 points, having that extra tactics card in your hand each round, because of the amount of activations that's going to be happening every round, is going to be really beneficial. And again, Cersei to me in this list is just you're doubling down on stuff you're already good at. And I feel that the more points that you're playing, really the less benefit she's going to have overall because you're targeting a specific unit. And yeah, you can really hurt that unit, but again, I don't like limiting myself like that when I've got just the raw amount of Vicious that's apparent in this list. I feel that there's other things I can bring to the table. Uh, so yeah, I would probably run Tyrion if I was going to run a third NCU in this list, and that would be my option there. Alright, so that should cover about everything with this list. Strengths, weaknesses, general tactics, and strategy. And again, this is my 40 points that I like running. I run a lot of lists, but this is the one that I'm personally painting up and will be playing for the next little bit of time as my, you know, again, just signature list. Although I say that and immediately I'm already thinking about a Bruce Bolton control list. But I like this one because the major points for it are you're an aggressive combat-focused list with a decent amount of control elements. And you've got a lot of options for mitigating and dealing with problems that you come across. Whether they be attachments, whether they be NCUs, whether they be combat units that have high defense or good morale. You've got options to deal with all of them. And frankly, I like having that aspect of the list. So that's going to wrap up what we're talking about today. Join me next time when we'll talk about something completely different. All right, guys. Thanks, and take care.